But the Apostle Paul was accused of being a hoax, a fraud, not the real thing. What does he do in response? He begins to list what it really means to be an apostle of Christ. And in doing so, he lists just what it takes. So what does it take to serve Christ? Well, we'll see this morning that a servant of Christ is deeply devoted to a dangerous mission. The Vine is from Rock of Ages Church, Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in room country. July 21st, 2019. 2 Corinthians 11, 21 to 30. It was 50 years ago from yesterday, right? 50 years ago. Happy anniversary. The first landing on the moon. Now we could talk about all the people involved, the hundreds of thousands of scientists, technicians, and engineers. You probably have to argue the most dedicated must have been the astronauts those that left near-Earth orbit and risked everything for the sake of the mission. Consider how they were in danger even before they took off of the explosion of the Saturn V rocket as they were leaving Earth's orbit. They were in danger as they left the Earth and as they were facing danger from losing their oxygen or pressurization of their module or their suits. One small error would have been death. They were in danger from missing their target as they went about thousands of miles an hour far away from the Earth. They were in danger as they were on the moon of not making it back to the lunar orbiter. And of course, they were in danger traveling 24,000 miles an hour back towards the Earth. If they had slowed down too much, they would have missed their target, sped up, or not slowed down enough, they might have burned up in the atmosphere upon re-entry. And as you look at all this, it was so dangerous that You'd have to argue, has anybody taken a greater risk of probability of dying? Of the 500 astronauts that have gone in outer space, two dozen have left near-Earth orbit and also faced danger from radioactive exposure after they return. In fact, it was so dangerous that when, when they meant on their mission, nobody would give their families insurance policies. Instead, they signed a bunch of cards that they could autograph, and the family could sell at their death if they didn't survive. The president even prepared remarks for their failure in light of the fact that they very well likely would. But despite all this, they were dedicated to the mission. It doesn't appear that they were in it necessarily for the money even. The highest paid astronaut at the time, Armstrong, received a small fraction of the money that was spent, $24 billion to get them on the moon. Meanwhile, if you take a portion of his salary that he received for the two hours and 40 minutes he was walking on the surface, it would have been a mere $33. Twelve years' salary it would have taken to pay for the suit that he was wearing. You know, one really has to admit, they must have been dedicated to their mission, despite all the dangers. Well, this morning we're looking at someone who was by far dedicated to an even greater mission and who faced far more dangers than they did and encountered and suffered those dangers. The Apostle Paul writes of all the things that he was up against. And yes, there are those who say the, the moon landing was a hoax, but you can probably guess why after decades and so long that Buzz Aldrin, when at the age of 72, someone came up to him as a moon denier and provoked him, he punched them. 
But the Apostle Paul was also accused of being a hoax, a fraud, a lesser apostle, not the real thing. What does he do in response? He begins to list what it really means to be an apostle of Christ. And in doing so, he lists just what it takes. So what does it take to serve Christ? Well, we'll see this morning that a servant of Christ is deeply devoted to a dangerous mission. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11 regarding who he was as an apostle. Because the Corinthians are facing false teachers. Those false teachers, in order to build themselves up, were tearing down Paul and saying Paul was a nobody. And so Paul, though he hates to do it and says it's foolish to boast, decides he's going to beat these false apostles, these so-called super apostles, at their own game. And so he begins to boast. To begin with, Paul says he can match them in all of their criteria. The false teachers like to look to their own accolades, their own achievements, or their own family line or lineage. Paul says, whatever anyone else dares to boast about, speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Paul has them matched in this area. They can make no greater claim or line. But Paul knows it's not what bloodline you belong to or what accolades the world gives you or where your standing is in the sight of others. That matters. He lists what really matters. Are they servants of Christ? He never says they are. But if one's going to make that argument, Paul flips it upside down. You see, to be a servant of Christ is not to find success and praise from this world. To be a servant of Christ is not to face praise and accolades your whole life. No, it is to face suffering, to endure difficulties, and to go through hardships for the sake of Christ. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. So Paul goes on to list the sufferings he faced as he served Jesus. I have worked much harder. And the Corinthians knew that because Paul, when he was among them, could have demanded the right of support as he did ministry. And yet, of all the churches, he chose not to receive support from the Corinthians, but worked a tent ministry while he also did gospel ministry. So none of them could say Paul was in it for the money. I have worked much harder. The Corinthians saw that. I have been in prison more frequently. Has those super apostles ever suffered imprisonment for the sake of Christ? Paul had often been in jail, been flogged more severely, not only jailed, but suffering in his body, pains because of it, and been exposed to death, Paul says, again and again. He's going to go on to now list all the times where he was facing such danger that it meant he was facing death. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 40 was considered enough lashes to be lethal. And so they took one away as the maximum punishment. They would whip the person typically with a five-pound rod, this punishment of the Jews, on the front side about 12 times. And they receive another 27 or so lashes to the back. Five times Paul received this. If, if one survived from infection and from pain, it was a mere chance that they'd survive. Five times. They could see the scars that Paul had gone through. Three times 
I was beaten with rods. This was a Roman punishment. Paul was put on display and beaten in front of people. And this was even shown as he went to a place such as like Philippi. And in Philippi, he was put on public humiliating display and beaten. And once I was stoned. On his first journey, or his, rather his journey when he made it to Lystra, Paul was dragged outside the city, pelted to death with stones, and left for dead. Three times I was shipwrecked. Being sent out by Christ as an apostle means traveling, and traveling was dangerous those days. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. One more, I'm sure he would have been dead. I have been in constantly on the move. Now, when we travel today, it can often be enjoyable, right? The roads are fairly safe, and you can find a convenience store if you get hungry or stop at a restaurant. You're pretty safe on the highways. But in Paul's time, I have been in danger. In danger from rivers. Got to cross them, even if there's not a bridge. In danger from bandits. Remember the, the story of the Good Samaritan and how someone was beaten and left for dead on the side of the road? It was based on their reality and travel in those days. Paul faced that. In danger from my own countrymen. The Jews didn't care for him. Many of them opposed him. In danger from Gentiles. They didn't know who he was. In danger in the city. In danger in the country. In danger at sea. In danger from false brothers. See, even with all these bodily sufferings, he had an enemy pursuing him from city to city. It was the Jewish people, and it was the false teachers that wanted to overturn everything he did. I labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. See, Paul suffered in his body for the sake of serving Christ. He says so much to these other apostles, you want to be a servant of Christ? You claim to be a great servant of Christ? That means following him in suffering. But there's more. Paul, yes, suffered in body, but he says, besides everything else, and this expression in the Greek means, all that is really nothing because here's what I really faced. I faced daily the pressure of my concern for the churches, for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Paul's greatest suffering was emotional. In body, heart, and soul, he served Christ. The false teachers cared nothing for the people they served. It says, actually, they slapped them in the face and lorded it over them. Paul let his heart go out for them. So that when someone strayed into sin... He was up late at night in tears and prayer so that he was troubled when someone was troubled in spirit. And this was his concern for all the churches which he visited. Paul faced all these things to serve Christ. Meanwhile, the, the super apostle, these so-called self-acclaimed servants of Christ, he says and points out, we're not really servants of Christ. See, to serve Christ is to be all or nothing. As far as he was concerned, they were nothing. In fact, he infers they were serving the devil. If this is the standard, what it means to serve Christ, who of us can claim to be a servant of Christ? When you look at Paul's deep devotion and dedication, despite all the difficulties and how all that he endured for the sake of serving Christ, who of us can say that we measure up as a servant of Christ? 
I know I don't. Not when I see what he says. I'll let you be the judge of how you measure up. To serve Christ, though, does mean to follow in the footsteps of Paul. Maybe not to face the same things he faced, but it does mean to follow Christ and to suffer because you are dedicated to the same mission. Paul, in foolishness, he said, boast about these things, not so he could build himself up or show that he's so much greater than you and I or the false teachers. No, he, he speaks of this, that they might know and you and I might know what it means to follow Christ, be deeply devoted to a dangerous mission. And Paul could say this because he saw how the one he served had been so devoted. After all, if anybody was devoted to their mission, wasn't it the Son of God? As he came to this world and took on human flesh, it says, according to the prophet Isaiah, he was a man of sorrows, despised and rejected, publicly denied, and people called him a hoax. And even as Jesus walked about, he faced hardship. He says, I have no place to lay my head. He let everything aside, everything go for the sake of his mission. And so devoted was he to his mission and body that he allowed himself to face horrible sufferings and endure the worst of pains for the sake of his mission. And for the sake of suffering, his mission for the good of you and me. And not only did he suffer in body, but all of him, body, mind, and soul, was dedicated, deeply devoted to his mission. His heart burned when the temple of God was being abused. And with all of his spirit, he cried out as he was suffering the greatest emotional torment as the Father turned his face away as he's on the cross. And yet Jesus, it says as we read earlier, resolutely had set out to this. He had a mission. And he was deeply devoted to that mission for the sake of you and me. His mission that he accomplished was to face the suffering that's far greater than anything we could ever face, the curse of sin and the torments of hell. And he faced it for you and I because of his deep devotion to his mission. You know, once, and it seems only once, did NASA actually directly respond to one of the moon landing deniers. And the response was actually kind of short. They simply said with a message, yes, we did, and sent a photograph from the surface of the moon. Well, by faith, we believe in a far greater mission being accomplished. By faith, we know that Jesus accomplished his mission, and so did those who first spoke of it. They were eyewitnesses. Yes, Jesus did rise to life, the Apostle Paul proclaimed. And Jesus, as far as we know, only once appeared directly to an individual to show one who directly doubted and said, Look, see for yourself. And those eyewitnesses of his resurrection knew that Jesus, who was so devoted to his mission, had accomplished his purpose. Mission accomplished as the Son of God, now alive again, rising in victory, showed his disciples he had the victory. He defeated the enemy, the devil, and all who would oppose the kingdom of God. And so those eyewitnesses of Christ, the apostles, the true apostles, suffered greatly for the sake of their message, 
that they would proclaim that Jesus died for sins and Jesus rose again. Mission accomplished. The mission accomplished for this world, for you and me. And we too, by faith, mission accomplished. And so we follow Christ, deeply devoted and dedicated despite all the difficulties, all the dangers that may be involved. And yes, there'll be times where we sometimes look at our devotion and say, maybe it's, it's hard to, to continue. We don't face the dangers that, that Paul did. You know, Paul, after all, would travel miles and face dangers just to get to a church. Sometimes we, in our struggle, struggle to worship with God's people because it takes a few minutes. But we remain devoted because of what he has faced for us and what he has accomplished. And like Paul and all those witnesses who proclaim his message, we go about proclaiming him who accomplished what could only be done by the Son of God. And he never lies. And so you and I follow Paul, follow all the apostles, all those who proclaimed Christ has done it. And may we remain as those who are deeply devoted Christ and his mission as we share that good news. Amen.